Do you want to teach your kids financial literacy, like how to budget, invest, and save? Have you wondered where to find the best resources for money management? Is there an appropriate age to begin educating your kids on how money works? And if so, when and how do you start? My guests will give us the answers to these and many other questions in just a moment, so don't go away. Welcome to the Fatherhood Challenge, a movement to awaken and inspire fathers everywhere to take great pride in their role and to challenge society to understand how important fathers are to the stability and culture of their family's environment. Now, here's your host, Jonathan Guerrero. Greetings, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. My guest is Antoine Johnson. Antoine is a speaker, coach, helping men and fathers heal from the emotional pain and trauma caused by the absence of their fathers so they can grow into effective and nurturing caregivers. He's also the founder of Grace and Johnson Enterprises, LLC, a company that inspires Christian couples to begin to be aligned financially to find peace with their money and relationships by managing their money wisely. Antoine, thank you so much for being on the Fatherhood Challenge. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Jonathan. Antoine, I got to know, what is your favorite dad joke? (laughs) Good question. Uh, Here's my favorite dad joke that I heard. Uh, Gentleman says, what do you call a fake noodle? What do you call a a fake noodle? I'm not sure. An impasta. (laughs) (laughs) That is great. All right. So, Antoine, let's start off with our first question. You didn't have a father around to teach you money skills, life skills, or who God is. What is your story? My story early on, my mother had me at about the age of 17. And, you know, actually during that time, she was told to have an abortion, but instead she decided to have me. And, you know, part of my story is I I really believe that, that me and everyone else, you know, that we were really called it created for purpose you know, with the purpose and a lot of what i do today uh working with fathers is a part of that so my father unfortunately was young and didn't have a father in his life and so consequently he learned some negative habits or behaviors along the way and so he was often verbally and physically abusive toward my mother and so you know there there was a point where i really um I'd idolized or, um, you know, we'll go with that word, idolized him. But then I also resented or despised the way that he interacted with my mother. And so I had my father in my life in and off. Um, he was in and out of my life until about the age of 13. And around the age of 13, he actually um, was diagnosed with a mental health disorder known as schizophrenia. And so at that point, you know, he, I didn't have much of a relationship with them at all um, because he was then institutionalized. And so I really was blessed to uh, meet some good mentors in my church around the age of 17. And they took me under their wing and showed me things as related to manhood and also um, spirituality. Right. So that's where uh, I really began to fortify my faith in Christ. Um, And consequently, go on to do some other things, good things, you know, finish college and uh, marry my wife at the age of 24. And then the rest is kind of history. We have two children now and um, are trying to create a new legacy of our own. How does fatherlessness impact children financially? How does it also impact their ability to manage money when they become an adult? Yeah, that's another great question. So studies actually show that 
families or children who grew up in households without their biological father or father figure are four times greater risk of living in poverty, right? Uh, so so there, there's, you know, the great big statistic or, or barrier right there. But then when we talk about managing money. So at the times when I, I, I was around my father growing up, he, he was like a workaholic, right? He was a workaholic. He liked buying himself nice things and, and things of that nature. And so I saw what it was like to be, to spend money, right? Like my parents would take me shopping and so forth. And, and I saw what it was like to spend money, but I didn't really understand the concept of saving money. And so in, in my coaching practice, I, you know, we have this, um, Thing that I'll bring up sometime, you know, are you a natural spender or are you a natural saver? And growing up, I was certainly a natural spender. And so I had to learn how to develop saving habits. So, so similarly, I think that translates into how parents, fathers, moms, whomever, and raising their children, knowing what their tendencies are and helping to helping their children to build on the things that that either they do well or are trying to grow into, right? So for me, uh, one of the things that I'm, I'm, I will be teaching my daughter, she's three now, so, so that some certain things she doesn't understand. Um, but one of the things that I'm, I'm really um, keen on is the idea of work and, and responsibility, right? Like as it relates to earning money, because I, I think that a lot of times, especially when kids are young, they, they have this idea that money kind of just grows off trees. And so Having having mm-hmm. little ones understand that well, when you do X, Y, and Z, then this is where money comes from, right? They're obviously, they're not working a job per se, but when you give them little tasks and stuff to do, um, then I think it's sometimes it's appropriate to give them money so that they can see the correlation, right? I do this, I get that. So, what does faith in God have to do with wise money management, and how does a dad link them when educating their children? I don't know how many times it shows up, but the Bible actually talks a lot about money. Um, if you look in the book of Proverbs alone, there are a lot of things um, as it relates to money. In fact, one of my favorite passages in the book of Proverbs says, uh, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall your poverty come, right? Um, and so that verse kind of encapsulates this idea of having a, a strong work ethic, because if you don't, then you are at greater risk of, of being without, living in poverty, right? So aside from that, I mean, scripture talks a lot about um, money management, you know, I think it's, it's just really uh, being able to like sift through um, and understand or, t- or pull out those concepts and so forth. When I listen to that scripture you just referenced, one of the things that popped in my mind, and, and tell me if this is accurate, but really when it comes to habits and things like that, the the road to poverty is a gradual, a, a gradual thing. So it, I don't picture that just happening, happening overnight. Is that yeah a fair assessment for how that happens? You know what? I think that's a loaded question because I think that, you know, there are some instances where you have families that have lived in generation of poverty, right? Their families didn't have much. And then sometimes their mentalities and habits and behaviors that translates over into the next generation. So I I guess that kind of goes along with what you said in terms of it doesn't just happen. It doesn't just you know, happen for some folks. I think that other times people caught, fall into 
uh, just really bad situations, right? And, and, and they can end up there. But I think there's a lot of reasons why that happens. Seldomly do, does anything just happen, though. Right, that there there are are, are are reasons for for why that happens. Uh, studies actually show, ironically enough, that when folks um, are not married, right, they enter relationships and they have children and, and do things before getting married, that they're more susceptible to ending up in poverty. Whereas if when they get married, if they get married, the the chances of them living in poverty are like less than 10%. And that has nothing to do with Christianity and so forth as much as it just has to do with quality of life and two incomes and all the other things that come when folks come together and are able to go through life together. The generational component of it is really interesting to me because when you have generations of poverty, how do you teach your kids prosperity? Part of it is is learning something new, right? Right, getting outside of your your natural environment or what you're comfortable with, that's been one of the things that that's helped my family. We I come from a fam family where uh, not just my parents. My my parents um, didn't go to college, um, and I mean not that that's the standard or gold standard for you know success, but um, there's dad and and you know I have other family who you know not necessarily millionaires. Right. And so I think some of it is, is, is has to do with getting outside of what you know or are familiar with and learning something new. I recently listened to a, a radio show or podcast and it's like, you know what, you want to become successful. Why don't you take a millionaire out to lunch? Right. Yeah. You probably saying you can't afford it, but take them out to lunch and ask them questions. Right. Buy them uh, the appetizer. The, the dinner, the dessert, and just soak up that time to learn from them. And I think a lot of what I'm, I'm talking about now has to do with just learning from people who are, are doing things well and who, who have, you know, kind of crossed that barrier related to financial uh, challenges or so forth. It, there's a book known as um, called The Proximity Principle by Ken Coleman. And he talks about this I this concept. He has like three or four principles um, around, you know, just being in the right place around the right people and the right environments that are conducive to going where you want to go. And that doesn't necessarily have to do with finances, but it can deal with financial related things. But it can it can translate to almost any area of life, right? When we want to learn something new or grow in a different area, it is getting into the environments around the people and soaking up as much as we possibly can. What other books do you think are great books to read, to learn some of these really good principles? The other book that I was actually thinking of prior to coming on is called Smart Money, Smart Kids by Dave Ramsey and Rachel Cruz. That was one of the books that really opened my eyes around how parents can effectively teach their children um, money management or financial literacy principles and skills. I actually read that book probably about two to two or three years prior to having my daughter, who's three now. What is the best age to begin teaching your kids financial literacy, and how should that process begin? I don't. I don't know that I would give a best age. I think every parent knows their child, right? Some kids progress faster 
than others and they understand things or pick up things faster than others. And I think just kind of knowing when it began to introduce things, right? So for me, I mentioned that um, I'm, I'm not really going super heavy with my three-year-old right now, but I'm teaching her about like responsibility, picking up after herself and, and things of that nature, right? So so shortly, in a short while, we'll be talking about, okay, if you do these couple things, then you can earn, you know, a set amount of dollars, right? So in Smart Money, Smart Kids, one of the things that they talk about is having like an, an allotment of money, right? Like that parents will put aside. So my wife and I do a monthly budget every month. We have been for the last five years, right? So in our monthly budget, one of the things, line items that we might include is a, not an allowance, but it is a um, commission, right? For our daughter. So we may put uh, $20 for the month in there. And so she could earn up to a commission of $20 that month by doing various tasks. Um, again, this is a three-year-old we're talking about. So, so it's... <laughs> <laughs> is going to vary. But but again, to, so that I'm not getting far away from your question, I think that parents have to kind of gauge and feel for like what, what their, their children can understand around introducing uh, financial principles or ideas. So that's one of the other things that I took away from Smart Money, Smart Kids is they don't necessarily adopt the uh, allowance mindset. And and I, I think what, what they allude to in their um, is that it, it helps to further cultivate this entitlement mentality, where it's like, if, OK, if I, if I have an allowance set aside for you, you're going to get it regardless of what you do or do not do. Whereas if I have a, a line item for commission dollars to be earned, if you don't do X, Y and Z, you don't get X amount of dollars. If you only do ten dollars worth of work, you're only going to get ten dollars regardless of the fact that there's 20 available to you. Right. Maybe they might roll over to the next month, but that's up to the parents. Right. And I think that it helps perpetuate this this idea of, well, OK, if I if I go out and hunt, kill something, bring it back home, I get to eat it. But if I don't find anything then I'm not you know, eating and, and again, these are these are children. We don't want to be super legalistic about it. But the idea is that, that we're, we're teaching them things that they're going to learn now for when they get older in life and, and they don't feel like someone owes them anything right they have a very strong work ethic and understand you know it, it that working equals or producing things equals a, a harvest right something to be to be gained so let's talk about charitable giving so giving and being generous with your money how do you teach that to your kids so i'll start back from when i was a kid so i mentioned that i was a natural i'm a natural spender had to learn how to save one of the things that I caught, and Rachel Cruz says, is I love this quote, she says, more is caught than taught. One of the things that I caught from my mother was generosity. And so over the years, the decades of, of witnessing her just generously, freely give to folks, whether it's like at stores or maybe she saw someone and the grocery line, she's like, I want to help pay for your groceries or church or whatever. Like I just always saw her at different touch points giving. And so I, I say that to say that um, when, when we think about helping our kids to cultivate a heart of generosity or giving that they have to see that, right? They have to see it being done by us. And then on the tactical, more practical side, then, you know, intentionally putting in a line item for giving, and it can be to local church, uh, uh, nonprofit, wherever, right? Wherever you feel led to give, 
um, and then being able to execute on that and actually do it. Right. Um, but yeah, that that's more or less how you know, what I've seen and what my wife and I do. And I think we have to be more intentional than ever of creating those opportunities. Nowadays, we live in a very digital debit card, whatever society, the credit cards, whatever. And so it's it's not as tangible, right? Like you don't see those dollars all the time going out into the collection plate at church or or giving them to someone per se, right? Because now we got the cash out, we got this and that. And so I think we have to be more intentional than ever to, to help them see when we're being generous um, toward other people. I definitely believe in modeling the behavior of giving, but you know, I've, I've literally sat and watched a panhandler get up and walk quite a ways into a very nice vehicle and then, (laughs) (laughs) and then whip out their electronic devices and then drive off. Yeah. And you know, we've seen that. So that really sours the attitude of giving, of being generous. And so, but by the same token, you know, I've seen families, um, literally families on a street corner, uh, begging. Yeah. And it looks legit. And that made me really have to wrestle with, you know, what is my, what are my principles on giving? What do I really believe? Well, how does, what do I do with these situations? There are the obvious ones where I feel like I would not be a good steward of my money if I parted with my money with a guy who's literally going to get up and go get in his Cadillac that you can actually see him going towards (laughs) and and driving off. You know, that's, that is a a waste of money and poorer stewardship in my mind, but there are some that you really just don't know. And there's this burning principle in my mind that Jesus taught where um, if you do something, do as, as if you're doing it to me. And it's, and there's this whole thing of, you know, at some point when, when you get to meet Jesus and, and he asks you, you know, or he tells you, you know, it, you know, when I was hungry, you fed me. Uh, when, when I was naked, you clothed me. And so by that, he knows you, he recognizes you. If you did not do these things, then he won't know you. So there's this principle. So I'm here. I am near a street corner and there's a guy that looks homeless or a family that looks homeless. And I'm not really sure. So what I went with was, and I had this talk with my son and I explained to him that God knows what's in your heart. Yeah. Do what's in your heart. And so whatever is going on between that individual that you're giving to and God is between them and God. At some point they they will have to answer. Yeah. For whatever it is that they're doing. Maybe they are in that situation. In that case, you bless them. And yeah. God may have used you to be a blessing to that person. And that's a beautiful experience when that's when that can happen. If that person is not legit, there is a price to be paid. And that is between them and God. And that does not concern you. That's the principle I taught to my son. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I love that. So and as you were talking, I was just thinking about, you know, there had been times where, and I, I also struggle with that. Sometimes my, my wife is like, you, you're a little bit too much, right? Because I, 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 there is scripture that talks about, <laughs> well, man doesn't work, man shouldn't eat, right? And so, <laughs> and so when I see able-bodied individuals out 
in the community. And sometimes able body is relative, right? Because if someone is struggling with a mental health issue or even an addiction problem, then they're not of sound mind, right? Then there, there's some nuances to that. But I struggle with similar to you, right? Like, like just when folks are able to, but they refuse not to because there's a so-called easier way. Um, I have had experiences though, where the Holy Spirit really just weighed heavy on my heart about giving and I knew I should mm -hmm. give, right? Um, and there have been other times where I'm like going back and forth, like, should I do this? Should I not? Uh, and so, you know, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. And, but, but I completely understand and can relate to what you're talking about. I, th I think the on the other side too, right? There's a practical side of setting boundaries, right? So we have been in a season, my wife and I, where we are really trying to uh, pay off some debt and do some things. So we had a line item for, for church forgiven, but then we didn't have much else for anything else. And so our ability to give in that particular season is was really limited. And, but our our boundaries, our cutoff was was pretty much the church. Now there had been a little situation where somebody needed a five bucks or a couple of dollars. That's that's a little different. That's not that's pocket money. That's that's different. But um, but having boundaries, I think, is so important because similar to the the situation I described with my mother, she has a what what's known as a bleeding heart, right? And my wife has it too, and so they're like wanting to give. They'll give it all away. <laughs> There's no boundary. <laughs> and and so my thing is also knowing what you can do because sometimes we'll give to where we're now we're lacking right um and and so now we're struggling oh i don't know how i'm going to pay a, pay a light bill because i gave that money away so, so unless the <laughs> lord has has designated you to give that money away then you, you need boundaries let's take a slightly different direction so when you're trying to teach money management to your kids do you avoid plastic and stick with cash well in today's society i think you know you, we we have to kind of get along with the times and so i think that there is a way to teach money management skills principles when using plastic too right so we have an app actually through ramsey solutions called every dollar so we do every dollar in our app but then we also have like an excel spreadsheet thing right so uh, maybe around the age of five or four or five we might start bringing our daughter over when we have what we call budget committee meetings. Um, and so I think there's ways to still show your children and help them even apart from using cash, right? Because we, we just we just live in a different time now. Another simple concept, and also I took this from Smart Money, Smart Kids too, is, is the three prongs of save, give, spend, right? So we talked about generosity. We talked about saving talk about spending money we're gonna we're gonna spend money right like that's that's a given right so there's mm -hmm. a percentage of, of the money that we spend maybe 60 70 percent i don't know um maybe with another percent of that we're saving right like the, in a lot of intentionality around saving um and then there's another percent where we're giving that doesn't necessarily have to be church but if but if it is great um and so <clears throat> Whether or not your ki the kids are on a commission or an allowance doesn't really matter. If they have five dollars, you can teach them to hey, you can spend three, you can give one, and you can save one, right? So to always kind of and, and you build, you're helping to build their muscles, right? Like so for those who work out at the gym, right? Like there are are ways of you know training the body, and the body continues to build and build and build and so forth. 
So you're essentially helping your kids to, hey, listen, this is how you build saving habits. This is how you build being generous, right? Starting early with those three things, save, give, spend can be helpful. Early on, we talked about resources such as books, uh, resources to be able to learn and develop financial literacy. What are some other resources that dads should use to educate their kids about good money management? I was actually just recently talking to a colleague of mine about a book known as The Richest Man of Babylon. I forget who the author is right now, but that book is really good in, in, in terms of also like driving home the importance of working and you know how work is good and honorable. Uh, in terms of other tools that, that dads can use to help teach their kids, um, maybe they can employ some of the, uh, you know, the cookie jar right? or, or the little mason jars around like, you know, the kids putting in, you know, money, right, to save, give or spend or what have you. I mean, I, again, I think it kind of like whatever works for your household and just being creative with it. I think the other thing that, that I want to say, you know, as we, we began to, to wind things down and so forth is, is for parents not to be super, again, legalistic and strict about it, because I think that could be a huge turnoff if it's not kind of enjoyable to learn, right? Like kids need an environment where they can make mistakes. Uh, my wife and I make mistakes with money sometimes. Uh, and they, they need to know that, listen, I'm going to do some things that are not necessarily right all the time, but hey, listen, dad's going to help me to, he's going to help guide me and be the safety net when I need, right? Not enable them, but, but helping to, to imploring them to, to move forward in a way that they can enjoy learning about money in their early years. How can dads connect with you to learn more about what you're doing or get some coaching or even find resources on teaching financial literacy to their kids? Yeah. So our agency, the Buffalo Prenatal Perinatal Network is our parent agency. Uh, that's www.bppn.org. And on our page, you'll find the Buffalo Fatherhood Initiative Program. Um, folks can also email me at ajohnson at bppn.org um, in order to connect with me. And we're, we also have a social media. Um, so again, if you go to Buffalo Prenatal, uh, you'll find our Facebook page and we have a podcast also. So it's called the Buffalo Fatherhood Initiative Podcast, and you can find that on YouTube. I'm going to put all of these resources on the Fatherhood Challenge website. So if you go to thefatherhoodchallenge.com, that's thefatherhoodchallenge.com, and you go to this episode, look below the description, all of the links that we've talked about that Antoine just mentioned, all of the reference links will all be below that description. So Antoine, as we close, what is your challenge to dads listening now? Yeah, my challenge to you all is to continue to be transparent and vulnerable about who you are as dad and being able to say sorry when you make mistakes and giving your kids the, the nurturance and, and guidance that they need, whether you're teaching them about money or just life in general. Right. I think a lot of times those dads will come off as really stoic and stern and, and uh, maybe even unapproachable at times. But I think it's really being open and, and, and showing that I, our children that we are a safe place.
All right. Well, Antoine, it has been a pleasure speaking with you. I have learned a lot. And I know our audience did too. So thank you so much for being on the Fatherhood Challenge. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fatherhood Challenge. If you would like to contact us, listen to other episodes, find any resource mentioned in this program, or find out more information about the Fatherhood Challenge, please visit thefatherhoodchallenge.com. That's thefatherhoodchallenge.com.